conversations. What up, though? Watson, what's going on, man? Hey, man, what's up? What's up? How are we doing? Man, I'm blessed. Highly favored. How about yourself? <laughs> the same, the same. Doing good. Doing good, 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 good. Glad to hear it. Yes, sir. So, uh, everyone, welcome to the podcast, Necessary Conversations, the live episode. Indeed, indeed. How <laughs> exciting. Listen, um, to our uh, normal listeners, welcome. And, of course, to our uh, live stream audience, Lamb Christian Church Bible Study audience, welcome. So glad to see you. Welcome, so glad welcome. to that you would join us for Necessary Conversations. It'll be a little bit different than our standard Bible study uh, uh, operation, but I think yeah. you'll enjoy yeah, our yeah. time together. So, um, you know, this is our first time doing it this way, but, you know, uh, folks who's this their first time in, just sit back and enjoy. We do this podcast, Necessary Conversations, where me and Pastor Dorian just have some conversations and we talk about things. Mm -hmm. And uh, today we go do one. It's a little bit more featured to you guys' questions, the listener questions. A lot of great questions coming in. It's going to make for a good conversation. Um, and, you know, with all this going on, it's been a lot of adjustments because normally me and Dorian, we meet with a big handshake and hug. None of that social distancing. No, trying to keep, trying, you know, trying to keep our trying distance. To keep that. So we'll uh, all just kind of have some fun with this. So... Uh, to be or not to be, that is the question. <laughs> no, just having a little bit of fun. Last week we was bringing up Pavlov and his dogs. This week it was Shakespeare. But the serious question is to have church or not to have church. Mm -hmm. And the question that came in from the listener was, so, you know, are we disregarding the law and putting people in harm's way with having church during this pandemic? Like, why not just stream? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, why not just stream, right? Uh, and you got to know, of course, I heard that same uh, <laughs> question, right? And when we were uh, deciding whether and how and in what way we would have church. So, um, you know, uh, to be quite honest with you, um, and if everybody didn't know, that whole transition from having church to, to going online, like that was, that was one of the more difficult yeah. kind of uh, times right. for me, not only because of, you know, what I was thinking, the feedback you get from other people, the news, things of that nature. Um, but to me, the, the I, I want to broaden the conversation, Justin, as we yeah, as yeah. we normally do. Um, and for those of you who this is your first time uh, listening in on a podcast, <laughs> our goal is to kind of give you the thought process behind things, not just answers to things. Right. Right. Um, and I know a lot of people want the answer. Should we be having church or should we not be having church? What say you? What, right. What does Dorian say? And then I can go tell everybody the answer that he gives me. Uh, but what I want to challenge and what I really want to push on today is the conclusion that the person drew. Why not just go live stream? Mm -hmm. And I think I want to I want to help everybody kind of with complicated situations how those decisions are made and it could seem pretty straightforward of they said it's dangerous they said you know the virus is 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 you know it's extremely you know it can be contracted really easily so why not just live stream right, but here's right. the challenge with reducing complicated situations to very simple answers and what i want to challenge um, everybody who may have thought that and wondered why, uh, like we still live stream from the church and we are still here on Tuesdays and Sundays. Why not just live stream? And there are a lot of pastors who do live stream from their living rooms and bedrooms and right, right. everywhere else. It's all sorts of stuff. But so, so I want you to know my, my intent isn't to say who and what is right. Okay. 
My intent is about how decisions are made is really what's critical. We put too much emphasis on what was the right or wrong answer as opposed to what was the right or wrong thought process. Okay. So here, because I'm, I'm not judging any pastor that shut down or... Well, I am judging a few pastors. I've seen some. <laughs> I was going to just say, I mean, we I've live, seen some so things out there that, that uh, you know, I have seen some pastors in the news that have caused me to judge them. I'm not going to be dishonest. We but my intent, openly rebuke right? My, <laughs> my intent with this is not to 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 create uh, an either or. This is what the right people did, and this is what the wrong people did. What I want to challenge everybody to do is. If you ever come up with the answer and it seems like this is so simple, why are these people making it more difficult than it needs to be? What you ought to do, you have to stop. And this goes back to our conversation last week on Monday morning quarterbacks. Right, right. You know, on critics. One of the benefits of being in a position to critique a decision and not be responsible for it is you get to make a lot of assumptions on the way to the answer. Okay. Uh, and what I mean by that is in, in coming up with an answer – you get to assume a lot of things are true, which is what makes your answer the right answer. Okay. So in the instance of to have church or not to have church and why not just live stream, that answer seems abundantly clear as if it's the right thing, assuming everybody has internet. Like you get to make that assumption and, and assuming everybody's home is safe. Like you're making that assumption. You're assuming that everybody has internet, they have a laptop or a phone that's connected to the internet. You get to assume that people's homes are safe, mm -hmm. whether it's physically safe, whether they have, you know, running water. You know, there's thousands of people in the city of Detroit without running water. And, and you make the assumption, right? Now, you, if you don't have to make that decision for anybody, you don't have to check those assumptions. Okay. Where when you're responsible for a broad cross-section of people, you don't just get to make assumptions and believe them to be true and have your answer actually work. See, that's how people get to be right in theory, but not right in practice. Okay. Because in theory, your assumptions don't get challenged. <laughs> Whereas a pastor, when I close, the person that doesn't have running water and this is the place that, or the person whose home was dangerous and this was the one place or the person who has a grandmother that does not have a laptop on internet. Right. I get the call. Okay. That, why did you close, right? So what are the one thing that I want people to do when coming across, because this is scientific thinking and this is good problem solving, is addressing and being aware of the assumptions you're making <laughs> on the way. Because yeah, I, yeah. I, I would guarantee most people didn't even recognize they were assuming a lot of things to be true. Okay. While they were coming up with very simple answers. Sure. Like... You know, we always talk about assuming and think the dangers in assumptions. So, no, like, but here's, what are some but, of those things? But here's the difference. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to know you're making an assumption. And mm -hmm. a lot of these instances, people aren't even aware they're assuming things to be oh, true. Oh, okay. I like, see, that's why they're frustrated. Like, Pastor, why are you making this so complicated? Just shut down. They didn't, they did, they're not even aware they're making those assumptions. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and this is also helping you with when you're interacting with your leaders, whether it's your leaders in church or at work is you may not be aware of all of the assumptions you made that they had to consider. And that's why they're not always doing things the exact way 
that mm-hmm. you would. So that's one of the things that we we genuinely, myself and Bishop and the leadership team here, we're considering every week as to whether to close and lock the doors. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, we, we said we won't lock the doors. Okay. Now, I'm not going to ask any, like I'm going to make anybody else come here, but I'll be here and the doors will be open because I don't want to make any assumptions about the way people might need help, when they may need help, right? Um, what the church is to them. Because some of the assumptions here are, again, about internet. It's about their home life. It's also about what they need from the church. Okay. Because you make the assumption that you just need your pastor to preach to you. And as long as you can hear him preach, you got what you needed from him. For some people, me preaching to them is the last thing they need Okay, from me. And, 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 and that's, that's a very narrow lens. And you can assume that because that's what you use me for. But you don't want okay. to make everybody else, I'm just a preacher. Sure, sure. So um, as we always do, I like to kind of, you said something that kind of triggered me. We talked about people make assumptions mm-hmm. unknowingly. Yes. What's one of the things maybe you could suggest to that? people in general how to better make things where you're not making assumptions that's a great question justin so one of this is and again to even broaden this conversation even further this is why diversity is necessary okay in business um in your personal life Mm -hmm. diversity of people their backgrounds you know where they're from their situation see the reason why somebody can make that assumption of just stream is because most of the people around them have relatively nice homes Again, relatively, they mm-hmm. got power, mm-hmm. electricity, internet, laptops, and and most of us, what you'll find, and again, it's not even malicious, and I do diversity conversations at work often, yes. is most of us, our friends are pretty much like us. Correct. They're either all Christians or they're in a very similar socioeconomic status. They went to the same schools as we did. They grew up in the same neighborhood that we did. Right. So it creates like this very, like we are so, if you take a second mm-hmm. and think about your friends, most of us. They're very much like us, right, similar right. income range. So even in business, so diversity, a lot of people think we should be do diversity because we want to give black people a chance. Okay. Now, I do believe reparations is something, but that's not the only reason right, right. for diversity. You've heard the term groupthink? Yes. So one of the ways you, you, you insulate yourself or you help yourself recognize when you're making assumptions that aren't necessarily true mm-hmm. is by having a diverse set of opinions mm-hmm. and a diverse set of people around you. So, for instance, I tell people in business, right, we're sitting in a conference room and if everybody grew up in a relatively and they can both be black and white. But if they all came from affluent backgrounds and all went to college and, you know, went to high schools that the vast majority of people went to high school, they can all make the assumption about, hey, so what we're looking for are people that, you know, graduated college with this type of degree. Well, if you have somebody that didn't come from that background, they're going to say, time out, guys. If we're really looking for the best, I want to challenge your assumption that the best just are able to go to college that way. And Mm -hmm. so diversity challenges all of the assumptions you make, right? You have somebody that can say, I don't have running water. Now, this is the beauty of being a pastor is I have a diverse set of people okay. that you are responsible for. So that's why and it makes you sensitive to how and the way people, their lives actually are. So diversifying your circle and your group of friends and the people you talk to. Because yes. if everybody you talk to is employed with pretty good jobs, you need to get somebody else in your circle of people. <laughs> because 
you've been the only black you've been the only black person in the room before, right? Uh, often, often, and you have to, and you, and and it, it's a guarantee for all black people that's listen. Where you've been sitting there, whether you said it or not, you know, I'm not saying you have to always be Martin Luther King. Where you've been thinking, they didn't do that at my house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they just say, yeah, all of our parents did that, and you yes. sitting there thinking, no, they didn't. Like that's all of you. Yeah. Assumptions are safe in homogenous or monolithic rooms, right? Assumptions get challenged as soon as diversity comes in the room. Mm, okay. Okay. So we all need to dig into our batch of friends and try to add to it. Absolutely. Okay. Or, or, or when you are adamant about your thought process, man, that's why most people talk to people that agree with them. Okay. They don't have conversations with people that don't agree with them. Most Christians or many Christians couldn't defend their faith. Well, because they've never talked to anybody that didn't have their faith. Same agreement, right. You know well, that's I mean? one of the great parts of this podcast. We try to challenge things like that. Indeed. That's at least the yeah. the intent. <laughs> right. So uh, kind of just sticking with this whole uh, theme that we're just in with the uh, having church and not having church. Mm-hmm. Um, a question to kind of stay with it is like, so with us being open or the doors being open. The doors are open. Um, what do you say to just the legal side of that like should we follow the law what does the bible say towards that so that's an interesting thing too right people are like are you the bible says now right um, i'm being honest and and for my live streaming audience this is one of the reasons why i didn't always advertise this podcast everybody because when i'm preaching and teaching everybody i give the politically correct answers um but on the podcast i kind of say what i'm really thinking you know it from for many church folks I get terrified as soon as they say, well, the Bible says. <laughs> Worst thing. Do tell. It, it's it's like we getting, oh, boy, we get, it's going downhill and it's going downhill quick. Because, you know, I've had people that I've never seen them read their Bible. I've never heard them quote the Bible until they came to me and said, well, the Bible says we should be obeying the laws of the land. Well, normally I get nervous when they quote the Bible because <laughs> it's obvious that they grab the scripture to support what they're thinking. It's not because they've spent a lot of time in the scripture uh-huh. like that's that's what makes me nervous when all of a sudden i got people that i've never discussed the scriptures with right wanting discuss, to discuss the scriptures with me it's pretty unlikely that they've got a good grasp on what the text is saying sure so for instance it's i think it's romans 13 that people are like well paul said in romans 13 that we're supposed to you know all the yeah. governments came and they're allowed by god now you have to read the whole thing and, and understand contextually paul was saying hey you're citizens of heaven but don't think like you just are don't have to function as a member right, of society right. and follow the laws of that land because you're a christian that that's essentially it's not saying that you have to follow every law mm-hmm. that is written we have to know, and even if you read it further, we're subject to it. So right, right. that's what I do know is is I don't have to obey it, but I'm subject to it. If they want to come arrest me, they can. Okay. And I, I, I'm not going to be able to claim, well, I'm a Christian. You can't arrest me. Yes. Well, you they actually can. Okay. Uh, the, the other part. So that's what about being understand that I'm subject to it. It's not that I have to listen to it. Like mm-hmm. Paul was arrested. It just was several times. Yeah. Multiple the, the disciples, they got arrested. They were subject to those authorities and they had to choose and be sensitive to the spirit when it was the time. Right. Right. To obey the authorities or not. But that's one of the things we have to rec- recognize is Paul said we're subject to it. That means if you're going to defy it, you have to know there 
can be and may be repercussions to it. And God is not going to necessarily not make you go to jail or not let them arrest you or not let them find you because you were being a Christian. I'm subject to it. And I recognize that. But that doesn't mean I'm going to. Right. Right. Follow the law every time they say they say something. And furthermore, for the record, um, right, the constitutionality of them shutting down a house of worship, like the legality of that is very debatable, which is why they they were not and have not been quick. Like I said, because there have been some pastors out there that's doing some things that are extremely questionable. But, you know, they were not quick to bring the police there and put chains on the doors of that church because the constitutionality of saying don't go in there. Right, right. That's a slippery slope. It's very debatable. So, I, again, the, the Bible said we should obey. A lot of people that had that question, you know, they mm. were looking for a reason to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm sorry. I just got to tell the truth. They were That's looking it. for the Bible to make them feel just comfortable with roll, staying home. Staying in bed in PJs yeah, a little yeah, bit longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 wanted, they wanted to feel less guilty about it and. I understand when there's somebody there and you're if we were all at home, you feel better. Right. But when it's somebody there uh, uh, for some folks, they don't care. They were like, I'm, I'm at home and they didn't have one bit of guilt about it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's others right there looking to remove the weight of that. And if everybody's home, yeah, then I, I could feel better about that. But knowing mm-hmm. that there is somebody there. Well, so the Bible says so I'm doing what the Bible says do. That's why. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm at home. So as far as that, um, kind of just right in that last vein, we'll kind of push towards push forward. Um, are we, do you feel as if churches or, and like you say, we're doing what we're doing here at LM, but churches that are still gathering people in mass are being a little irresponsible and maybe testing God or are they trusting God? So here is the beauty of the answer that I just gave you. Mm. I'm not going to make assumptions about anything that's going on in those ministries. Like that's why I, you being judgmental is so is dangerous because I don't know you have I, I would have to specifically know that pastor's congregation, everybody within that congregation and I've so so one of the things I used to be a pretty judgmental person and you I've talked <laughs> about it on this podcast yes. right especially for preachers and things of that nature. Right. Like I would be like he was up there wasting time. He didn't say nothing. He must not be studying. And that's because I make assumptions about how easy it is to stand in front of people. Right. Right. And deliver. Right. Make assumptions that their life was peaceful before they got up in the pulpit. You just assume a lot of people do that. Right. When the preacher goes up to preach and whether it goes well or not, you assume he was just at like at the house. And it was just him and the Lord in his Bible. <laughs> and he. Exited Are you from the holy of holies wives, uh, on the way. For y'all preach, I'm not. I didn't say anything ah, about a wife, Justin. You're not getting ready to get me in trouble. <laughs> There's a lot it. of other things that go on in my life. My wife, honestly, honestly, um, and I'm being real. I'm not even just trying to save face. I don't know how ministers do what they do without a wife like mine, because mm. that is the easiest source for the enemy to come in and distract you on your way to doing your job. But my mm-hmm. wife, like. It's normally me deciding to do something stupid right before it's time to <laughs> preach or making a phone call. I And sometimes I'm dialing yeah. and I'm going, you should not call this person right now <laughs> and or opening the mail. Right. Like you assume that their po- yeah. your power didn't just get cut off their water. They didn't get a eviction notice. They didn't just get fired from their job. Mm-hmm. They didn't just get their car repossessed. All these things that could happen before they go up there yeah. and make it go that way. So I don't, I'm, I'm not I don't want to make assumptions about. That's why I told you from the very beginning, my intent was not to 
draw these lines in the sand of who's being responsible and who's doing being irresponsible. Right. I'm going to be honest and say there are people I feel like are being very irresponsible right now. Sure. But I'm I'm not in a position to start saying who's being responsible or not. And I'm not even saying everybody should be doing what we're doing. Or and and I I even want to I want to preface that I'm not saying everybody should be doing what I'm doing because I'm not trying to make this even a collective group effort for LAM. Okay. You know, the you know, we got people that turn on the cameras and and I'm so grateful for them, but if they said, "Hey, pastor, that's not what I hey, just show me where the button is. I'll press the button and run up to the front, right, and stand in front of it." So, I, I don't necessarily want to get into commenting on. Okay. And uh, to be quite frank, people who have never pastored before, I think are too comfortable doing that. <laughs> Because and you're comfortable doing that because you don't have your assumptions challenged. You nobody has like I said last week, no you never have to find out if you're wrong or right. True. And I do. <laughs> we talking about just, just shut down and, and and so everybody can be safe and the police officers tell you domestic violence is going through the roof. Like murders are happening at the house now. Mm. Where you have wives killing their husband because they're abusive husbands, and I'm not talking about you know, like mm-hmm. theoretically, like I know for a fact these things are happening, right? Okay. Abuse, like because we're making people go home to violent situations, just cancel school, right? Because children spread viruses. Now, you assume, now my kids, the school district we're in, when they cancel school, they said come up to the school and they signed out either a laptop or an iPad for every kid we had in the school. We had four of them. So right, we came right. home with four laptops and iPads and the school gave us. Right. Nice. But, you know, there's some schools that are sending kids home with nothing, nothing. and their kids are going home to. As a matter of fact, I read in the newspaper that there are some school districts that are just canceling school early because you assume that they have a parent there that's able to help them. Right. You assume that. And uh, that's what's so dangerous and why I want people to be a little more sensitive to, mm-hmm. you know, answers to complicated situation aren't always that simple. Yeah, absolutely. I can tell you myself, I got confirmation of I'm not a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Having to deal with just my two that are in school. So I got four, man. (laughs) Trying to coordinate all of those Zoom calls. Lord have mercy. (laughs) We missed one today. (laughs) Oh, man. Don't worry, man. I was sweet. We're in the same boat. (laughs) You just twice as deep. (laughs) But uh, so the next question kind of following up with kind of some of the things we've talked in moving forward. Mm -hmm. What do you see us looking like? you know, as this settles, ends, whatever it becomes, and, like, how social media, now that we're here, high live stream, right? <laughs> now that we're here, you know, is this social media a blessing or a curse to us because it did give us the opportunity to still reach people, but, you know, there are some other negative things to it as well. Sure. So, like, what the world will look like once this all settles down, like, that's something that I think about often, Um and and to be quite candid with you now, so LAM, you know, we're not inviting people to have church. We're just I'm streaming from here and the doors are unlocked and we've been doing that for quite some time now. So I, I'm going to feel a little more free to share some of my my thoughts around that. OK, because I don't think a lot of people considered life after this. Now, one of the things that I was very cognizant of when making my decisions about what I was going to do and as a pastor here at LAM and how we were going to position LAM is considering 
who you're going to be after this. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of the politically correct way to say this. Now, <laughs> if, if at the first sign of danger, and I'm not saying this to point a finger at anybody. I'm telling you what I, this is for me. Right. If at the first sign of danger, if at the first sign of friction or, you know, disagreement, I was to say, okay, hey, everybody, I'm going home. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go in the house. It's safer there. It will be very difficult, I feel, in the moment and even after to preach this gospel the way that it is intended to be preached. Mm. If at the first sign of danger, I can't preach, you know, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony and they love their lives, not unto death. I think how you if the guy is still stocking cereal boxes at Kroger. okay, And I run home when it's time to come back outside. I want to be able to say, I, I believe this Bible in my call, specifically what God called me to be. Mm. I believe I have never undermined its importance. It's it, how vital it is. The supremacy, the, 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 I think it's in Ephesians. It says that Christ may have preeminence over all things. Like some of us chose our potential safety was preeminent. Like it was the first thing. I, how, how can I preach this gospel as being above even your physical well-being if like <laughs> it's going to be, I mean, some people are comfortable with being hypocrites, so they're going to say it as soon as they get back in the pulpit, but it would seem hypocritical for me to have run to save my life and then said, Jesus saved my life, <laughs> you know, or that my calling is by God and literally come, 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 come receive from me. I, I have life in what God called me to, but I stopped it in order to save my life. Right. right. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be challenging for some that, you know, want their calling to be placed on a, you know, in a high place yeah. and they had an opportunity to place it there and they didn't. Like that was one of the things I was thinking, I, you know, what happens after this? I promise yeah. you, I was thinking that. Who am I going to be and, 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 and what am I going to have to say about my call and what I believe about it and how vital it is and what I believe about the position of the gospel and the fact that I am, I'm not hoping to be saved i am saved like i am mm-hmm. like that, that I, I you know we i think we say that so regularly that we kind of miss the connotations of that uh-huh. that i'm not waiting to be saved i am saved right and if i am i have that you have to act like you are and if i believe god called me okay oh that's even more important all my ministers and people with callings on your life who called you and where did he call you to and did you leave your post like I, I think about it, I think about it in a oh man. That's why you can't mess with this Bible. When the children of Israel were rebuilding the wall, when they got sent back home, mm-hmm. and they were in exile, and they got sent. Who, who, who was that that got sent back to rebuild uh, the wall? Is it um, Nehemiah? Okay. Now, when they get to go back, the king gives them what they need, but 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 they have opposition, and the opposition was planning to attack them at any moment but they did not come down off of the wall that they were building. And I feel a little bit of a preach coming up on me. So let no, me relax. You know, I'm always And the Bible said they had a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other, but they did not come down off the wall. The safe thing for their life would have been to go 
behind the wall or to go into safety because they had an enemy that could attack at mm -hmm. any moment. But the Bible said they didn't come off the wall. They just had their tool in one hand and their sword to fight in the other, but they kept doing the work that they were sent to. And I just, and I'm not saying that that's going to be the narrative for anybody. I just didn't want that to be potentially the narrative for me that mm -hmm. I can continually preach the gospel with the weight it is intended to be preached with and that I can uh, sanctify my call and have sanctified my call as much as, as possible. So, so that's one of the things you know, that might have been a little bit of a different answer that you were looking for and what That's things okay. look like after this. But I think I would challenge a lot of people who, you know, name the name of they're a minister. You know, they're an elder, they're a deacon. They've been called. They're, they serve God. You know, I'm not saying you got to be like laying hands on COVID patients. Right. But you got to be looking at have you sanctified and, and have you represented Mm -hmm. You know, your call well in this season. Okay. Um, that's a little bit off subject, but. <laughs> well, you know, that's always the fun that we have in this. This is uh, necessary conversations with you. Yeah. yeah. So if you <laughs> so ever want to know why story. I'm still here, that's because I believe what the Bible says about my life. I am saved. That's I it. am saved. All right. Now. I'm not hoping I get saved. I'm not hoping God saves me. He has saved me. He has. Amen. Already. I believe it's a finished work. And so I operate that way and i believe my calling if the cereal aisle at the grocery store is essential yes how in the world am i going to then tell everybody that i'm you know you know and everybody god how am i gonna say god should be first <laughs> yeah i mean there are some things that have been deemed essential that would make you scratch your head if we can't have church and i believe that's going to be an unintended consequence that the church is going to have to wrestle with coming out of this some some were way too happy and i mentioned this in one of the messages i was preaching they were like so happy they were home right. we get ready to have the best i think that's an unintended consequence that the church is going to have to deal with mm -hmm. after this so around to us live streaming and is if i've said and and lam was we we never had a, a big you know online presence because of what we believe about what we do right. and i don't think we'll ever be able to just completely unplug the cameras now i think that horse is out of the barn <laughs> As, uh one old bishop used to say that genie's out the bottle yeah that genie's out the bottle i don't think we'll ever be able to unplug right yeah um yeah. and i don't want I, i'm i'm nervous that people will get the impression that this you're getting what i do from this right. and i want to tell you as much as you may be happy and I, I you know how many messages i got of people so excited that we're finally <laughs> online um and i'm I, glad i would tell you you know i travel for a living i miss a lot of sundays so i have an online church when i'm not with us mm -hmm. but now i got me an online church too i got two that i got, you got an online church just so you just I, fellowship i'm man. not an online not, church man. i don't I'm, give to them yet <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, Watson. I see. I'm asking for a double blessing. <laughs> so here's the here's the ahead, right. So you know you have the online church. So a lot of yeah. people are so excited, but I promise you, you're not. You you're getting my messages, but you're not yeah. getting the ministry that God gave me. Right. Genuinely, right, right. you're not getting this. I that's what I think the church is going to have to wrestle with. Is I think we were really, you know, we didn't represent that well that this is this is unfortunate that we've resorted to this that this empty sanctuary is behind me like that's why we set this up here that this is unfortunate because um you you listen let me tell you something and i i, I, I believe like my father is as great a preacher as there's ever been 
Mm-hmm. But you, 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 and and that's a wonderful reason why a lot of people come to church. But trust me, you, you choose. You you'd be better off. And I attempt as 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 much as I can to be a proficient preacher and teacher. You do but pretty l- good. Let me. You do pretty good. Um, hey you man, I'm I'm, I'm a work in progress, right? <laughs> and I having to watch these videos after Lord have mercy. I was getting ready to quit <laughs> first, <laughs> but um, I'm be honest. You choose fellowship in a congregation over great preaching 10 times out of 10 okay and like that's that's the thing i think we're gonna have to wrestle with is we've got access to great preachers all the time and there's a lot of people that think they're being fed by that online preaching and that's not that's that's really not the ticket and i think that's something we're gonna have to wrestle with of and a lot of church is gonna have to reinvent themselves so we did a um a drive by to see my sister Okay. Uh, Demahi yesterday, so she wanted to see the kids. She's doing good. So we we stood at the edge of the driveway. They were at the house, so so she could see the kids jump around, right? And her and I were having this conversation, and I said, one of the things we we, coming out of this, I think we're going to have to have a different reason for gathering. I don't think we can assume that everybody's going to get out of their beds and drive to hear us preach and sing anymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, like some... just assume that that's why they'll come all the way across town is because Dorian's preaching and the praise team is singing, especially if they can get it online. I think this is what's critical. And it's one of the reasons why, I'm, you know, as normally there's a method to my man is I'm challenging the people that are at home and not operating in their call is if the pastor is the only one operating in their ministry, you can think you're getting him by preaching. But all of those support callings and gifts, the prophet the teacher, the evangelist, the ministry of helps, right? Yeah, Those all have to be functioning well, right, for people to know that there's a different kind of benefit in being in the congregation. Right. So that's one. Every All the other ministries and gifts are going to have to elevate themselves so when you interact with them, you know, I'm you trust me, you didn't get the best that LAM has to offer because you saw the preacher preach and the praise team sing. There's somebody there with a prophetic word for you that you're not going to get if you just stay at home. Right, the prophet right. is going to have to prophesy to people. Okay. The teacher is going to have to teach. The healers are going to have to heal. Like We're going to have to do that so you know you're not getting everything we have to offer because you streamed my service. Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. The, like the elders, I'm, they're going to have to see their responsibility when we do the altar call and they line up there to say we're going to lay hands on you, especially, I don't want to get off topic because... That's one of the challenges we're going to have is people breaking out of the mental fear that has that like people yeah, have been put yeah. in cages right now, not by COVID, but by fear. Right. And so if I say you need to come and have somebody lay hands on you, that's going to be an extreme act of faith. And healing is and healing. Virtue is going to have to flow to make people say that's the place I need to go. Right. Rather than watch. So the onus is going to be like, all I, you know, pastors doing what they do, but all those supplemental. Mm hmm. Gifts, oh, you, they're going to have to be rolling because I can't lay, you know, the elders. Y'all got to see. If they, people are going to have to know if they come and have you lay your hands on them at that altar, that things happen. And, and right. it'll be people out the door to the street if that's happening. If the prophets have specific words for people that come to them. Right. The, right. So, and if so, that's one. And our ministries, especially the black church, then that's that's another conversation. <laughs> You know how often we come together to to accomplish something as opposed to have service. You know, yeah, that's something we're gonna have to look at too because we're gonna have to have some projects and things we're doing that 
can't be done unless we're here. So right, you got to right. rethink those things. All right. Well, maybe that'll be uh, hopefully the positive of this, or at least one of the positives. Right? I'm praying, man. And that's <laughs> that's you just never know who we're gonna be, who our society is gonna be coming out of this. Yeah. You just never know. That's why I have to trust God is on the throne, right. and and he he will get the glory in His church, which has survived, you know, thousands of years while governments have risen and crumbled, you know, while super world powers have come to power and 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 right. disappeared. The church of God has remained, which is why we don't have to be in fear. It's just a matter of us aligning ourselves with the will of God and being sensitive to what he's calling us to be. Yeah. As they used to say in testimony service, pray for me that I'll be what he's calling for okay. in these last and evil days. That's what we just can't be too married to what we've been. We have to be willing to become what he's calling for us to be. Yeah. In yeah. this season. Okay. Oh, now you was about to get the preaching. I'm Man, I'm, listen, listen. I'm Nehemiah go, being on. You can't come down off me. the wall. You know I want to preach that. And there's some <laughs> folks. You, you. Now, nah, there's not everybody, but you, and you know who you are. You not. You're supposed to be on the wall right now, and you're not. You're at home. Uh oh. Get off the sideline. Get him, though. You're at home. <laughs> And I'm not talking about any lay member. Like, I'm not, because I'm not asking anybody to put themselves, like, that's what I'm not, that's the thing. I just want to be clear. I'm not asking anybody. Like, I'm not saying everybody got, because, hey, stay, I'm not trying to have this church packed on Sunday. Because I know some of y'all are like, <laughs> Pastor Doe, if you told me to come, I'd be there. That's not what I'm saying. No. I'm talking about somebody having to reckon with their call and God, not me. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I wasn't wrestling with, you know, I do have the benefit. I talk to my pastor, my father, about the right thing to do, right? But ultimately, when it comes about my call, me and God are going to have to talk about that. Right, right, right. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm not asking somebody to come here so I can see them here. We It's fine. We're making it happen. You know, we don't need anybody to hold any more cameras, you know. But some of us, we have to consider what God is going to have to say about where we are. Right. In this season, yet yeah, you know, and that's between you and him. He might have said, "Daughter, stay home, hide thyself." <laughs> and who would I be to judge? I'm not making assumptions about what God said to you. I think you just have to be, yeah, all right, clear about that. Very, very good. Mm -hmm. And I gotta ask this question. I got to because this is another one that a user sent in, and I really like. And I'm literally just gonna quote it to you verbatim. Okay, okay, okay. Um. They said, I've heard that Psalm 91 can't be used to guard believers against this plague. Why can't we lean on this scripture literally and entirely? Hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, why can't we? So the real key to this is why can't we lean on this scripture literally and entirely? Mm -hmm. Remember I told you earlier, one of the things that frightens me most is when most saints say what the Bible said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is because most don't handle the Bible well. So if you haven't, let me read Psalm 91 for our listeners. And I, and I bet every most people you've heard it because everybody been preaching it and teaching it and proclaiming it over themselves. Can I tell you, I had a pastor actually pray that over me when this first spoke out. And I'm not. I'm listen, just, listen. Just to say how popular it is. And I'm not saying so. You can apply Psalm 91. Mm -hmm. the whole of it to you. So let's let's read it. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High mm -hmm. shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. 
Okay. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. He shall be thy shield and thy buckler. You know, in verse three, deliver thee from the noisome pestilence, right? Yeah, yeah, pestilence. Yeah. They like it's a pestilence. So <laughs> Psalm 91 is talking yes. about right now because it's talking about a pestilence. Right. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by day nor for the arrow that flieth by night, nor for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Now that's what, that's mm -hmm. generally what people have been quoting. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Now, Verse nine. Now you got to keep reading because thou right, hast right. made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. There shall no evil. There shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. That's the quote. That's the quote. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. So COVID isn't coming into yeah. your house. Right. Right. If you take this literally, that's what the person wanted to do. Now. Keep reading for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. I want to stop there. Is that yeah. is, is those last two verses? Are they familiar? Do they sound familiar? <laughs> you could say that. Yeah. Now, if, if you, it, these two, those two verses are featured prominently elsewhere in your Bible. And mm -hmm. if I had my Bible class audience, I'd <laughs> ask you guys right. where that is. I'm not putting you on the spot, Justin. Okay. Um, I was hoping you were. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Get, I'm not <laughs> if you did, I had some ideas already, but don't do it. I'm not getting ready to put you on the spot. It, the the two, <laughs> verses 11 and 12, and this is me challenging the person or the, the, the not even the individual, but what the church is doing right now and trying to declare this literally over people. Mm -hmm. Verse 11 and 12 are featured prominently when Jesus is in the wilderness and tempted by Satan Correct. and Satan. I don't think it's a mistake. Guess what? Satan quotes Psalm 91 to Jesus. He tells him to jump off yep. this high place because the Bible says, the Bible take says. this literally. Psalm 91 says he'll give his angels charge concerning thee. Lest thy death say, I don't think it's a mistake of God. Hear me. I don't think it's a mistake that Satan chose Psalm 91 to quote to Jesus to try to make him take it literally. And Jesus told him, thou shall not tempt or don't test God with yep. this. Be, I just want you guys to be careful. See, th this is the, the Bible. This is a sword. It's dangerous. It can cut you if you don't handle your sword well. Okay. And there are a lot of people, because if you think about it, do you know how many? pastors bishops saints that this disease like the state of michigan yeah the church of god in christ specifically lost like oh, five man. bishops it was it's yeah. unbelievable because they still had a service now did they not believe psalm 91 like did psalm 91 not apply to them right if we're taking this literally what you have to be careful of doing is trying to take the bible and have a literal interpretation of it be where your faith is see a lot of people are taking that psalm 91 so they so they can believe god about COVID, so they don't have to believe god about the rest of their life uh-oh sound like you're going somewhere Pastor. honestly you 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 that's that's why i made the, the statement earlier before i am saved mm -hmm. if i believe 
if I have to take Psalm 91 to save me in this life, literally, so I don't have to rely on the work Jesus did oh. to save my soul. And that I shall see my reward. Like the reason why I'm I am delivered from the terror is because I have been saved. And COVID would only hasten me seeing the face of my Savior. Mm. That when mm. when 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 you've made the scriptures about this, see that's the thing that's rough about taking a spiritual book and applying it literally. Okay, and make it about things it's not necessarily talking about. Or there are some scriptures that are literal. There are some things that are figurative. You have to do the work of knowing what's what yeah, in your right, Bible. Right. And, and, and Psalm 91, it should be prayed over you. I believe okay, Psalm yeah. 91, but you have to take it in light of the rest of your scriptures. It is a common thread, especially in the New Testament, when we are now a part of the spiritual kingdom of God that is not of this earth, that danger befell the people of God regularly. Right. Like that's the, so understanding scripture interprets scripture. So you have to take Psalm 91 in light of the rest of them that that you might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Like you got to take. Yeah. All. So I just want to caution people with taking a scripture and trying to literally make it mean something that will make you feel safe as opposed to your faith in God being okay. what makes you feel safe. Mm. Does that does that make sense? Yes. Because people take the Bible out of context so this word can make them feel safe and they misapply it. And what it ends up doing is when we make God have said something he didn't say or promise something he didn't promise, people's faith gets crushed when something they made up. Mm -hmm. They made up that you can't get sick from COVID because of Psalm 91. You made that, we made that up. And then if it happens, then all of a sudden they're like, God, why are you? And he said, I, yeah. that's not what that scripture meant. Right, right. But, but you, you attempted to apply it literally to yourself as opposed to us understanding that Jesus, he, Jesus did this. He delivered us from the noisome pestilence. Okay. Right. He, this has been accomplished by Jesus Christ. He delivered us from this danger. Right. Right. We so. will live to see the reward of the wicked. We, we all going to be standing there when they're getting cast in the outer darkness. Like this is happening. <laughs> yeah. And we have the true revelation of the plan of God that allows us to contextualize this. So just be careful. I want you to still quote Psalm 91 and believe God for yeah. health healing wholeness i pray over my children every day you know i have to believe because yes it would be safer for me to never leave the house and every time i leave the house i go home and especially when this first started you know <laughs> the devil won't tell me i had it every time i left the house <laughs> right i think right. i've thought coming to you live from my kitchen table god bless you welcome to i i'm i would that would be dishonest for me to act like that wasn't Oh, I, I pictured it, you know, and the kids running in a couple shots here and there. Indeed, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Um, but you you have to yeah. handle the scriptures well so you can believe on God for what he actually promised, not something weird. Yeah. yeah. So just be careful with trying to apply something literally when it has spiritual context yeah. and connotations. Definitely. Good, good, good answer. And, you know, I 
looking at the clock, I don't want to hold everybody too long like we like to do on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll try to be. A- and we're going to um, get to the spiritual takeaway. But I got one question that kind of popped to my head when you are going through. Um, mm-hmm. And you're talking about people and you wanting them to be more sensitive to what God is calling on them and not. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for that person or whoever's hearing that and needs to be more sensitive how to become more sensitive and listen to God in their life? Sure. I'm going to tell you, and and I don't want to oversell this. It's one of the reasons why I haven't talked about it a whole a whole lot. Um, and you've heard it talked about who you allow to speak into you. The I stopped personally because I knew what I was called to do. Like I said, I, I know God called me to be a pastor and to be there for his flock in whatever way, shape, or form they may need me even if it's an empty sanctuary and I, you know, the kind of calls and emails and I was texting with somebody just yesterday and we're talking about shut, shut down. Cause it's safer who was, you know, I asked them how they were doing. Cause I saw them comment on something. I say, Hey, what's up sis? How you doing? And she's like, I'm doing, I'm doing good pastor. You know, mm-hmm. I'm this, that, and the other. And then the next text was I'm lying. I'm I've been stuck in an abusive relationship. He's mm. abusing me and I'm stuck at home. And I'm that was I, the one text. I'm great. It's wonderful. And then about 15 minutes later, she said, you know what? I'm 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 lying. You know, and she gave me the rundown on yeah. the difficulty of her situation in within, you know, within this season. Of course, I was doing my best to try to work through it with her. And it's, it's hard. It's tough. And the thing about it is, is. Making yourself available to the problems and needs of others is by contextualizing yours. So one of the most important things I did, and it was literally life changing, is I watched 30 minutes of the local news in the morning and that's it. Okay. I I can't, I cannot, and I'm a, I'm a news guy. Right. I right. watch the and news. You share the news a lot exactly. prior to a lot of we, I read the news. I watch the news, you know. It was the most life changing thing that ever. I, it 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 was almost like getting the Holy Ghost was turning <laughs> off the news during this. Okay. During this season, life came back into me. The first few weeks of this, it no joke. It was one of the hardest things I have ever done. Like trying to make the the right decisions for the church, um, for my family, as it pertains to my call. You never feel like you're doing enough. Like that's been one hard thing about this season is you're always thinking about the other things. Again, those assumptions when you're in leadership is just the opposite. You always know that there are gaps that may need to be filled. Everybody else is at home like the gaps were covered because the Bible class was live streamed. And on the other end of that, you are so keenly aware of how many other holes and gaps still exist. Right. Even if it's just one person. Because as an aside, that's the difficult thing about being in leadership and about assumptions because cause assumptions sometimes are necessary because we have to make decisions fast. And that's what our brain does. It fills in the gaps so we can make the life or death decision quickly. But as life becomes more complicated, the world becomes more stratified, right? Like there's distance between rich people and poor people and their lives can be very different. Those assumptions become more dangerous. Like right. in 2,000 years ago, everybody's life was real similar. 
Okay. Like you had the yeah. king and then pretty much everybody else, so it was a lot easier to make assumptions. Now our lives can vary so much. And the more people that you are responsible for, your assumption can be mostly true. Like it's a reasonable assumption because I'm not even saying the person that said, why don't we just. Right. The assumption wasn't unreasonable. It's reasonable. Most people do have Internet, even if it's just their phone, you know, or a tablet. However, the larger the group of people you're dealing with, the more significant, if you say mostly, and if there's some that that's not true for, yeah, that can become a significant portion of people, right? So that's why the government, their solutions, a lot of, and I'm not defending our current administration. I'm just defending federal government in general. A lot of times it seems like they're complicating things or they're just, they make things difficult on purpose. And sometimes they do, but a lot of it, you have to consider if you're making decisions for millions of people and right, if just right. 2%, it's not what the, the, the solution you're proposing doesn't work for 2% of the people. You're talking about thousands, thousands. of people. Right. And you can't just ignore that because your assumption was mostly true. And you have now ignored thousands of people. And, and right now, right, it's about, it's not just numbers. Because LAM, we got enough numbers that it can be a significant number of people. But also what we provide is life or death. And if we miss yes. the one, it could be life or death. Literally. Right. Literally. However you pronounce that. <laughs> is it literally or is it literally? So I'm going to say it both ways. <laughs> Whichever one appeals to you. Like we do life or death work here. Absolutely. So that's why the police, firemen, EMS, the hospital, they deal in life or death situations. So like they got to be on their post. We deal in life or death situations. So like that, that's one of the things in this season, right? Is just being very yeah. cognizant and aware of that. And but turning off that news, man, it made me it it because the news always made me think about me. Okay. You know, it would think about what I was I was inundated with the thoughts of me and what would happen to me if that you know and as soon as i turned the news off all of a sudden it became so much easier to think about what's going on with other people mm. and to hear god because okay. i could only hear the news and we, I, I, i'm going to take a minute to to go get on my soapbox go for it as they president trump man some of these press conferences it's like blows my mind. Like how this we're going to look back at this and like how on earth did we live through this? Right. But guess what? The media, on the other hand, they're just as bad and maybe worse because what they, they beat him up. Say, for instance, he's saying, hey, this treatment, it may work. We're hoping it does. And they go crazy. How dare you give people false hope when it hasn't been tested yet? And then they, the very next story will be a million people may die or there may be like I've heard I, on right. the news. I've heard it the last three days in a row. And some of you guys have heard it. There may be a shortage of meat in the next three weeks because the supply right. chain is vulnerable. And they've been running this story, scaring people about being able to get beef and chicken and fish because the supply chain is 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 vulnerable because the people working in the plants could right. get sick. Stop and take a second. No, duh. <laughs> Seriously, that's that that is a made up story. 
Of course the supply chain is vulnerable. It's been vulnerable the day this all started. Every, every, the, the people in the factory have always been at risk of getting sick. They've manufactured, genuinely manufactured a news story to tell us what could happen. And it's just, it's, it's the same thing that the president did, just in the opposite. Mm-hmm. Just in the opposite. You told us a story is possible. It, it is possible that enough workers at Tyson factory right, right. could get sick that they can't crank out enough chicken. It's possible. Man, this is really, oh, let me stop. It was good. <laughs> just the same way it was possible for yes. the medicine that President Trump was talking about to work. Yeah. It's the same thing. And what they are doing is so insidious that they are going to break our society because we need to be mentally healthy in order to combat this disease. And they are killing people. They have put people in a prison that I don't care what, they're not coming outside again. Right, right. They're not. I'm not coming outside again. Because the reality of this, and I'm being honest with you, there has not been a significant news story in about a month about this. Mm-hmm. In about a month, there hasn't been anything significant. There literally, there really hasn't been anything to report in about a month. This should be the slow. This is actually the slowest time in the news for them. So they're making up things so they can keep making money. Mm-hmm. There has not been a significant development in the treatment of it, in the progression of the disease, and how many people are getting it, how many people are dying. You, they're not even talking about ventilators anymore because ventilators. This is what's crazy. Right, right. Ventilators. All the world was going to crash because we don't have enough ventilators. Then right. not as many people needed ventilators. And guess what? They just reported the ventilators might be hastening the death of a lot of people. So stop putting them on ventilators. It's the, 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 the being sensitive to the voice of God. You have to be so careful that you understand the motive of who's speaking into you. Yeah. You have to be that. That's to be sensitive to it. Right. You have to be sensitive about the motive of who you allow in and it could cloud your judgment and you can't hear God or you have to hear him through everything else you heard. Yeah. So so that meditating and spending time with God, that's my biggest suggestion. I, I'm telling you, my life, cha- I, Justin, I cannot over, I cannot overstate how absolutely life changing it was for me. Okay. To, to turn off the news it changed my life i'm i, I and, and it almost sounds like i'm being dramatic it, <laughs> it, and you know me and hopefully most of y'all will know me well enough yeah. i'm not a dramatic person i'm just the opposite it actually changed my life life was good again i was like happy again i was yeah like god was still good again okay right <laughs> god god <laughs> was good again it felt like god had left the earth and all of a sudden he was back well, and it was just because of what I turned off. Right, right. So you just, you know, put a little bit of a blocker up in the filter so you could, like you say, do more meditating. So that will help those hopefully some more. Well, um, Pastor Dorian, as I always like to do, we've had a great conversation here and bring it on home with us with the spiritual takeaway. I think that might have been my spiritual takeaway. Right. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to reiterate, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm not asking people to come here and i'm not trying to crank the church back up you know by this so i don't i just want to be very intentional about that Mm -hmm. i'm not telling anybody that they i'm not 
because I did the whole thing on making assumptions about other people's decisions. So I'm not making assumptions about anybody's decision that they decided to stay home because mm-hmm. I don't know people's health situations, if they are in the vulnerable population and if they have other things going on. You, I got five children that rely on me to make a living. It would be very unfortunate if something I, so I get it. So I understand everybody's life situation. I'm just pressing everybody to have been as intentional as they can about how they how you handle your calling. And how you handle where you place it in your life. You just can't take it for granted. And if everybody says, there's danger, hurry up, go home. Or there's danger, hurry up and leave. Or that's no good anymore. Hurry up and, st-. and like we have, to, we, have, we have to take a beat and go, hold on, time out. I'm not saying everybody's wrong, but let me take a second to <laughs> pray about it <laughs> yes. and be sensitive to God. I want, you know, that's that's my main thing. Um, and I, I would suggest your life will change if you turn that news off. They're killing us. I can't overstate that. They are doing their best. If it's because they hate Donald Trump so much that they're wishing death and destruction on this country in order that he be made to look bad and can't get reelected, it's still death and destruction. Or whether it, they just need to make news stories so they can still sell ads and get clicks and have people watch, they are trying their best and we know enough about big business and corporate america to know they will kill you dead they will put chemicals in your food poison your water and your air if you don't think they would poison your news and and your mind in order to make money you are sorely mistaken they you it it was like i was being poisoned and i stopped eating the poison food that's how different i felt yeah because I believe that they're literally doing that. And if, if, if something breaks this country, it will not have been the coronavirus. It will have been how our media and government responded to it. If our society mm-hmm. breaks, because I'm fully still in the camp that, hey, Jesus is setting this thing up to wrap it up for him to come back. And this okay. is just the means by which that's going to happen. Like I'm fully still in that camp that that's a real right. thing. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not assuming everything is going to go back to normal. <laughs> like sign, mark of the beast, okay. line up and take it or not, cutting off the heads of the believers. Like I'm still fully in the camp that that's like a real possibility of all still this. Still in revelation. And the thing that may hasten that will not be that there was a, a potential flu epidemic. It will be what, our leadership and what our media, those in control, did to us as a result of it. The opportunity they took. Yeah. And 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 how many people fell for it? Who 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 lined up to still be like cause there's people that watch the news 24-7 but still had a nurse say, but I'm not taking the vaccine. Well, they're inoculating you in your mind. You don't have to take the vaccine for them to have killed you. They're doing it right now. Right. And I, I believe I think we have to take a spiritual look at what we're allowing into our homes. I, it's, it, it, it was entirely too transformative for it to have just been a natural thing for when I turned that off. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And I, you can go back and you can probably watch my teaching and my preaching and see what for when I was off. watching it and when I turned it off. Okay. If you go back and watch, I, I, I guarantee you see it. People say, "Oh man, God is moving, giving you a word for the for the nation," and it's because I haven't had heard what the news said about the nation. I heard what God said about the nation. Okay. If I if you believe, because especially the last two weeks, and I'm and I'm and I don't exaggerate my preaching. I believe the last two weeks on Sunday morning was something God had to say to us, mm-hmm. and I believe that I was only in a position to say that because I stopped listening to what they had to say about the world and listen to what I could hear what God had to say about it. 
And I believe it is spiritual. I, I don't think that's just the news. I think that is the enemy of our soul. Okay. I do. And the more I talk about it, I, so I'm, a, I, I think that's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to stop you. You know, yeah. that. you know that I, I'm only going to rile you up further. That's I know. what I'm here for. Leave me alone, Justin. <laughs> All right. So for the, the new folks and the new uh, listeners and people just bear with us a little bit longer, we'll wrap it up, but something we traditionally do here with our necessary conversations, our podcast is have a little fun at the end. We, you know, bounce off just a regular regular old conversation we talk about sports movies pastor dorian and his dating life all sorts oh of lord stuff. that's 20 years ago i, I don't know, i never gonna, had a dating life i'm not gonna introduce you i to that came of out of the womb i was married to jesus and then i met my wife yes but how you fell in love with her was a great conversation it I, was i'm gonna we find talk about how yes and y'all I'm gonna go, listen, listen before you, I, y'all, you all have to go back wherever you get your your podcast you got to go back and listen to the rest of the, the episodes this was just an example if if it was even slightly you know something that seemed you know beneficial or helpful or even you got to see how and why i think the way that i do i would highly suggest you go back and listen wherever you get your apple your podcast. podcast google podcast spotify um breaker any of the major podcast carriers it's on necessary conversations with pastor dorian it's some great stuff there um, I think our we we've done episodes on anxiety and depression. Uh, we've done episodes on uh, my favorite personally is the death of the black church. Okay. If there's anything I've ever said in my entire life that I think everybody needs to listen to and hear, it is that particular episode entitled "The Death of the Black Church." I think I personally think everybody. Most of the time mm-hmm. I preach and teach, if LAM heard it. I feel like that's who needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. If there's anything I've ever said in my life that I think everybody needs to hear, I think everybody needs to hear the episode, The Death of the Black Church. So I, but most, pretty yeah. much all of it is good. And Justin is great. I did more talking this time <laughs> than we, I was we preaching do a, healthy a little bit balance today. And let him do his thing. It's your show, like I said. <laughs> uh, my person, one of my personal favorites would be Who's Really Winning. Yeah, that was one yeah, of my that favorites. Was a good one too. Um, but yeah, check them out. Um, but last week we talked about the last dance, uh, Michael Jordan, little yeah, documentary on yeah. his last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then part three and four came out this weekend. Did you see it? Of course. Okay, I, that was one of those. There was questions. church and then the <laughs> right. documentary, like, and it was close, which was the priority for yeah. Sunday. So, like, right, right. It's only because it's so late. That you can I do all that really... preaching. Oh, stay on the wall unless the Last Dance documentary conflicts with church. Then you might have a right rough so decision to make. This week was a hit home to us here in Detroit. Yeah, like man. none other. What did you feel watching that Bad Boys Rodman? That, so, what, what was you? Think? So we might have to do a whole episode on <laughs> on that. Of course, they villainized my Bad Boys. Now they were the Bad Boys, so you know them being cast as the villain mm-hmm. um, was expected. The one thing, and they did they did what I expected them to do, right? Right. And that is take the opportunity to paint Isaiah Thomas as like the worst person walking because he didn't shake michael jordan's hand and there's two things about it they didn't give the context now it's michael jordan's documentary so i wouldn't expect them to give the context of michael jordan give the interview before the game calling the pistons bad for basketball and basically trashing who they are they didn't give that context because i think people would feel a little bit different about isaiah and those guys walking off the court if you heard what mike said about them before the game yeah he called them bad people like it wasn't basketball what mike had to say yep which is why you like good sportsmanship you made it about something other than sports by your comments right right the other piece and i think this is a lot of people recognize this but it is so blatant that larry bird didn't shake zeke's hand the year before did not 
and that Bill Lambeer is the one that told Isaiah, let's not shake hands. Right. Now, there's something Bill Lambeer and Larry Bird have in common that Isaiah doesn't have. What would that be? (laughs) (laughs) And how that is, how you respond. Listen, okay, let me be candid. Can I? So I was a black boy in mostly an all white school. Right. And I remember my father saying this. He would give it to us on two fronts. Number one, God is not going to let you get away with the same thing he lets everybody else get away with. You're his son. So if everybody else get away, because you're his son, you will be the one person caught. Because he <laughs> chastens those whom he loves. Yeah, yeah, Right? Yeah. Um, and one of my father's seminal messages, right, deal with me as a son. Like, you want God to be, to collar you up, because that's what you do to your children. Right? Right, right? Like, fatherless children get away. They stay out. They don't have you know, curfews and all that. But the other thing is, is they're going to, little black boy, it could be 10 of y'all lined up and you're the only black one. I pro- they, They're going to re- react to you doing the exact same thing as everybody else very differently. That's why black boys and girls are suspended at astronomically higher rates. That's why we are arrested at astronomically higher rates for drug offenses. And the statistics say white people do drugs just as often as black people do. They do them and they deal them, but we get arrested and we get harsher sentences, even if they are arrested. Like, I, it was a textbook example. And what's amazing to me is that they showed the documentary. They showed Larry showed Bird him. walk out. Yep. They showed Isaiah say, I had to grab Kevin McHale and grab stop him. him. They showed it. And then everybody, the narrative can still be afterwards. Isaiah is a terrible person. Terrible. I, it, that's, and and I, I hate that that's, I had to watch a sports documentary and go, my, Zeke. You can't listen to Lambeer. He can think it's funny. Yeah. Seriously. That was the thing I was thinking. And they showed the clip of Bill Lambeer saying it to Isaiah. Right. And he was laughing. That's because it could be funny to Bill Lambeer, but it's not going to be funny when it's you. Now, mm-hmm. Zeke was a tough dude to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that plays into like a Zeke, our guy Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, he, he <laughs> Zeke is as good as they come. But I know Zeke had yeah. made his enemies. But that piece just always, man, it sticks in my craw. Yeah. That, man, Zeke. Listen to me. You have to consider if you of a similar hue to me. <laughs> you can do the same thing, but the reaction isn't going to be the same. Right, right, right. But I still love Mike and yeah. the Bulls. Oh. That's just a part of the that story. Was, that was just the, that part of it. So like yeah. I said, looking forward to next week. I yeah, assume. absolutely. I'll be there. All right. Well, there it is. Folks, we appreciate you checking us out, listening in, whether it be live or you're going to listen on the podcast later. We'll see you next time. Dope. Watson, appreciate you, brother.